Welcome to Brown Love, the show where we get real about all the things Latinx communities are talking about on your timeline. Brought to you by Netflix and Con Todo. I'm your host, Dasha Polanco. Each week, we'll be talking to Latinos in entertainment who are making space for our communities to see ourselves in all our complexity. Over the last decade, content creators have found new, innovative ways to get their work to the masses, often using social media to bypass the traditional gatekeepers still playing by outdated rules. This digital hustle is reshaping our industry, and today it's launching more careers than ever before. That includes our guest this week, performers Sasha Mercy and Darlene De Morisi, a.k.a. D-Nasty. These Dominican-American comedians built a following on Instagram for their hilarious takes on navigating 20-something life. And they now host and produce Fuse's brand new talk show, Like, Share, Dímelo, where they offer pop culture commentary from the POV of two Bronx Latinas. I loved getting to chop it up with two fellow New York Dominicanas. Que orgullo. And let me tell you, our conversation really went there. Así que agárrense. <laughs> Welcome, Sasha and Dee. Hey. Hey. So the first thing that we're going to ask is um, usually an icebreaker, and it's cuarentena cooking. What are you cooking at home these days? Dee, let's start with you. I'm cooking a lot, actually. I'm not going to say that I'm the best cook, because that's not true, and I barely cook before all of this, but I've been making a lot of rice and beans. Ya me está saliendo bien. I don't have the rice all empalagado, así, like all mushy. Apatao, apatao. It's like good now. It took me a minute to learn. So you're cooking more. That's a good thing. I've been cooking as well. I think it's 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 safer. Mm-hmm. It's more hygienic to eat inside, right? What Definitely. about you, Sasha? I've been cooking a lot. I've been cooking rice and beans. I'm moving on to lasagna and making some salmon, you know. And at first, I used to burn everything. But now, it's edible, you know. It was so bad. My food was so bad before that I didn't even offer it to people. Because I'm like, I don't want to be liable for anything. <laughs> so, oh, so only you would take yeah, the risk and, and eat it. Yeah, and now that the food is good, I'm like, damn, I wish that, you know, I can invite people over so they can taste this food. But, so yeah. since you guys are starting off, Darlene, have you learned to cook sancocho? Yeah, the only time I've ever attempted to cook sancocho, I was with my mom, so it was a little easier. But sancocho is, like, very hard. But I think that, obviously, because we have a show named sancocho, we need to learn how to make sancocho. Yeah, Sasha. yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. I mean, it's there's just, nothing... You know what it is? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, what go ahead, go ahead. Is, you know what it is? That my aunt, right? They're like, yo, you're Dominican. You should know how to cook. But my aunt never let me come in the kitchen. She's like, vete para allá, muchacha, vete para allá, vete para allá. Déjame yo cocinar. And so I'm like, hi. <laughs> and now that I live by myself, I was like, that was not helpful. I need it's, help. It, it's interesting you say that because I think it happens in every Dominican household where either you sit there and you watch mm-hmm. and you learn or you're not allowed in there. And you basically uh, get raised here and you just do platanos, which is the easiest thing to do, (laughs) right? Definitely. The first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to ask you guys, where are you guys at currently? Because I know Darlene is in New York Mm -hmm. and Sasha. I'm in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, which is Mm -hmm. interesting because I want to get into all that juiciness. And I wanted to talk about your upbringing in the Bronx. You both really rep the Dominican heritage and being Dominican. But how did your family keep that culture alive for you, Sasha? I just didn't know any other way. I was born in the Bronx, New York, and then my grandparents, they raised me in DR till like I was like five or six. That's mm-hmm. my identity. That's just the only way that I know how to identify. And I want you to hold that thought because I'm going to ask you something about identity. And what about for you, Darlene? How did they keep the Dominican heritage 
um, alive for you? How was it instilling you? I mean, there's no other choice, you know, like I'm second generation, born and raised in the Bronx in New York, but my mom is Dominican, my aunts are Dominican, they speak Spanish. And, and even though they have, most of my family has been here in, in the States since I would say like the late 70s, but Spanish was always spoken in my house. Uh, every Saturday morning when we had to get up to clean, there was music playing, it was Spanish. I mean, my mom will mix it up a little bit, she'll throw some Sade in there and shit. But it was always un merenguito, una balada, una bachatica, you know, una salsita, and just obviously cooking because we Dominican from the Bronx. There's not money to go eat outside every day. So they cooked what they knew. And it's just, it's just, a, it's not even like a conscious decision to keep it going. It's just ingrained in you. So even though I've literally only been to Dominican Republic three times in my whole life, I'm 28 years old, but I'm Dominican. Like I speak Spanish when I'm there, I feel comfortable. I, I don't know. It's just a part of me. I don't think there was ever another option. So you know that we speak a lot now about identity and how we identify as being Latinos in the U.S. And there's so many terms. I mean, um, I don't know <laughs> if it's similar for you guys, but I can I can say that growing up in New York, there was no there was no such terms. It was like, right. where are you from? I'm Spanish. I'm from Dominican. I'm Dominican. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I always like to ask people at the very beginning, how do you identify now um, in these times? What, what do you because I know you have your first episode about you know, Latinx, the term, and which I enjoyed so much. Thank you. How do you identify, Sasha? I identify myself as a Latina, you know, um, Dominican, Latina from the Bronx. Growing up, I would say Hispanic, Latino, because to me it was like interchangeable. And then, then Latinx is just like, whoa, like, weren't you just Hispanic? Weren't you just Latino? Exactly. Where's the X coming from? So I just identify myself as a Latina, Dominican from the Bronx. Okay. Same. And for you, darling? Whenever anyone would ask me, like, hey, what, what are you? And, you know, as a kid, you say Spanish, right? So I never even knew up until, I think, in my late teen years that Spanish necessarily just meant Spain, you know? Like, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm Spanish. I'm Dominican. And in New York City, everybody knows what a Dominican is, right? But in L.A., <laughs> when you go over there, de donde eres? Then they start hearing you Spanish, speaking Spanish, you know? So then you say, oh, no, you say Ibana. And I think especially for East Coast people, and I think Caribbean um, Latinos, which there's so many words for it, but we always say Ipano. And I think that also stems from just like the school system. Like there's Hispanic Heritage Month, so Ipano, so Dominicano. So even for me, Latina didn't, I didn't start saying Latina until I was in my 20s. Y ahora viene con el Latin X. So, or Latin X. Yeah. So well, it's, it's like it, it is very confusing and it's something that I've had to learn to use in the industry. Yeah, because <laughs> I, like, I need a job. Exactly. So I'm like, so what is it so that you guys understand what I could play? You right. know what I mean? What, right. what is it that you need me to be? Because I'm going to be that. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, so I totally understand that we've had to come up with these terms and, and respectfully done, you know, for those that don't understand since we're so complex. And it's great to hear from a lot of people that there's a broad spectrum of it and we have a right to choose what we identify with and what we want to be um, labeled as, right? If we choose right. to. So um, speaking of that and, and, and identity, um, I wanted to speak about creative collaborators, but also the idea of lifelong friends. And I know that you guys um, have a friendship. I wanted you guys to speak about your friendship. When did it start? At what point did it become a, um, a creative collab and so forth? Darlene? So me and Sasha, even before we even knew each other, we was we were meant to know each other because our families back in the 80s and 90s, they was already friends. 
So, like, my mom and her aunt, they're best friends. My grandmother knew her mother. Like, it was just, like, a, a family that's been intertwined since the very beginning. But I wouldn't... and But I think the first time we actually met, met, we were... I was probably... We were, like, 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. Right? But even yeah. then... You know the you know the story. <laughs> yeah. Even then, even then, you know, we've heard about each other. And um so my aunt would be like, Oh, Sasha's like this artsy girl, you know, and she would always tell me like, Yo, you gotta be like D because D has straight A's and stuff like that and I was like a C student. So I'd be like, Man, she's a goody two shoes, right? And so I think we had that same similar feeling about one another until we were teenagers and we like, yo, <laughs> you do you, you don't like you know and then we just became we just became mad cool and then since then we just were up and down together pretty much yeah and, and we started working yeah so we went to um we worked at the same hotel mm-hmm. and then forget it by that time we were just like we're already sisters but our families grew up together so we were already family so at what point did it become more than just family and friends and like a creative partnership dime darling I think it was around the time that Instagram released its video feature. And mm. I remember during that time, like me and Sasha always knew we wanted to be creative and everything. So I used to take acting classes. Sasha used to sing. She would go to the studio and she was pursuing a career in, in singing because she got a voice. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until Instagram released its, feature, its video feature. And then Sasha started doing these videos and they were catching on and they were mad funny. And slowly she was gaining a lot of traction. And then I did like one or two and everybody was like, yo, you that girl, Sasha Mercy. And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I, but it wasn't until like, I I didn't want to do it anymore. Because I'm like, ah, everybody thinks I'm you. And Sasha was like, nah, keep doing it, keep doing it. Yeah. I was really like, come on, D. Because I always thought D was so funny, right? And I'm like, if if people think I'm funny, they're going to think you're funny. It was organic because even at work, we were already a duo, like just making people laugh. <laughs> so they'd be like, oh, look, Sasha D, come here. And we were always like making people laugh at work. So it was just a very organic thing that we were like, man, if we're doing this at work, we might as well like try to do stand up. And yeah. I remember the first time we tried to do stand up was like three years ago. We bombed. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold we on, because that's that's my next oh, okay. question. Yes, oh, right. when did yes, when? Okay, so look, so when did you realize that you wanted? To, was it at the point in your job? Like there has to be a point. I feel like that you both come up with the idea. Like, look, this is what we want to do. This is what we're going to pursue in entertainment, like comedy, stand up. What was that? Did you have that discussion? Was there any dialogue? Did it just happen? Was it something like, hey, like? We're going to chill. We have one of those nights that, like, let's do something daring. Yeah. At what point? Well, we had many yeah. of those nights. Like, I think yeah. that the thing about Sasha and I is that in, working in the hotel, we were comfortable, right? We were making good money. We were really young. I started working there at 19. You were 20. And we were making six figures. We had a 401k. We had you. We were like, I'm going to move in. You saw it. Uh-huh. And it got, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah sex in the city from Washington Heights. Right? Yeah. We was living our lives, right? We lived our lives. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Well, we get it. We get it. We were living. We were living. We were having a good time. But then we were like, okay, how long are we going to be doing this, right? Are we going to continue to just work and then live for the weekends and drink? And we knew that we had something going on. We already had our little Instagram skits going and they were gaining traction. I'm like, yo, this is what we want to do. So, you know, we continue to still do the like the regular nine to five life and then do the, the skits and then from there start doing comedy. But we were just like, 
what are we going to do? We're going to die behind the, I'm going to die behind the front desk. Ya yo me estoy poniendo joroba, because the computer was malo. And I was already tired of being the help. I was tired of like checking yeah, people man. into these glorious rooms. And I'm like, you know what? I got like three skits that I got to do. I got some jokes that I got to write. That was also another thing that I'm like, you know what? Like just being able to make a body of work that people can see that I'm that we're just not girls that just do sketches. We also have talent was very important for me as well because we did have that background. It was not only just oh we're doing sketches online, you know? Yeah, like those yeah. Type, those were just something that came out of just being bored and trying to have fun. But then we realized um, that people started to really react to it, and I think the main reason is because. Here are two Dominican chicks, you know, putting on and, and talking about the things that other Caribbean Latinos can relate to. And that was something that I feel like is missing in the media, missing online. And we were and we became super relatable in that sense. To be acknowledged, to get the support that you feel like it's just a joke, but something is gearing you towards that. I feel that sometimes you have to listen. Mm-hmm. Things happen. Mm-hmm. They happen organically. And sometimes it's not what necessarily you plan, but it's where you're being directed and, and you make... You guys do such a good job at it. Thank you. Who were the first people who made you laugh? Sasha? I mean, Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. was one of the first people. that. Well, I'm going to tell you the first person. The first, first person that I was like bawling, crying. And I was like, now I understand why people watch people stand on a stage with a microphone. And it was Eddie Murphy Raw. Mm-hmm. That was the okay. first stand-up that I was like, oh, this is stand-up. And then from there on, I started um, looking more into stand-up. And then my brothers put me on, like, Dave Chappelle and stuff like that. Andy? Yeah, same for me. We both have older brothers. and Well, I have one older brother. And he's a comedy geek, like, nerd. He loves stand-up. So from a very early age, I was put on to Eddie Murphy. I was put on to Richard Pryor. And I think it was me and my brother discovered uh, the Chappelle show randomly one night. Like, I think in 03. And... On Comedy Central, we were like, yo, who is this guy? He's mad funny. And we so were just funny. watching it. And I it's the same like Sasha. I'm like, this, this is fun. And like he for me, a, I'm like, like a little bit of a nerd. Funny, yeah. Like, you know, I like to read, I like to talk, I like to talk a lot, and I like to talk about the things that I've learned. And but that could be super like a snooze fest. So I found like comedy was like, okay, I could talk about the things that I learned and make it funny. People will be interested. So yeah. That's amazing. A smart, a smart Dominican woman. Look I'll at that. Smart women, funny, comedic. Yes, yes. Wow, we're on a roll here. <laughs> um, but for two women, two Dominican women, to go and do these shows, that's a whole other thing. I wanted to know, how does that process start? How do you start it? Where do you, like, what is the process? I would have to say that um, it's organic, right? It's like, it's an organic thing because it's really who we are. Me and Dee always been people to make jokes Mm -hmm. and I feel like we always have something to say and you know we we're great storytellers especially at work and amongst our friends so and we learned that from our family right because nosotros tenemos una historia todo el tiempo and we decided uh uh-huh entonces you know we were like oh let's just do a podcast called Sancocho and so we did that and people loved it people were like oh my god like that's so dope or whatever. And then I ended up moving. And so this is when we're like, you know what? Let's just make it into a show. And we were already talk- We were already working on our bits. So when Dee was in New York, I mean, she's in New York right now, but when she was in New York, she was doing her stand-up and I'm over here doing my stand-up. So we were just developing it. And it was just a matter of time that when I got there, we're like, yo, let's 
Des put a show together, and then we ended up bringing on our homegirl, Glory, as a producer. And so we just, it was so organic, and we got to see that the people needed this voice, that we don't have this voice. And so it just grew from there. So your first comedy show was Sancocho. You didn't do, like, like the, um, the comedy shows they have, like, in Times Square, any of that? No, for sure. Like, we were it? individually doing stand-up already. But to put this together, oh, okay. this was like, let's, let's host it and let's just put it together. Listen, it takes valor. It takes resilience to do stuff like that. Because let me tell you, something about stand-up I'm always scared of is, like, what happens if you're up there and you're not funny? Like, what you going to do if you're just not funny? And I... And, and yeah. I you know, we all have our first time trying to stand up and then we bomb it, right? Yeah. What was your worst bombing ever? Did you ever have one? Yes. Oh, my God. Many. Yes. I think the very, very, very first time when me and Sasha decided to go to an open mic and do it, I didn't speak English. I didn't speak Spanish. I was up there speaking Yoda. La palabra no me salía. Like, they were there <laughs> backwards, you know? Ah, what? I was like, yeah. so bad. Just so bad. And, um, but, but yeah, like, I just, I remember stepping off that stage. And even though I didn't get one laugh, and I can remember this one girl in the front row that she was like, like, her arms are crossed. And she was like, she gave me that, like, 90 Day Fiance, the chick. The, the no, no chick. neck. Yeah, no, she was just like, ooh. But... To me, and I think this is where the Bronx comes in, I got off and I was just like, oh, I didn't die. Because my whole thing was like, okay, I bomb and nobody laughs. But is somebody going to hit me, you know? And nobody did. <laughs> yeah, Yo, I'm not going to get fucked up? Nah. Exactly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so what about for you, Sasha? Oh, my God. So I think that in the beginning, I didn't notice if I bombed or not, like I always, people were like, oh, that, that's good. Like you're doing good. But there was a time that I bombed so hard. And my boy, he was like, you did horrible. You sucked. <laughs> you ate so much crap. Oh and I was just like, I did, didn't I? Do you find that audiences respond to you differently depending on whether you're the gringos, they're gringos or Latinos? D. Absolutely. I'll be honest with you. I think that when I'm around a white audience, esa gente se vuelven loco. They be laughing. They crack up. Like, and I'm like, that wasn't that funny. Like, you can relax. But when your own people, you really gotta earn it. You like, yeah, and it's funny how Sasha says it because I think like in a casual setting, if it's just like people hanging out, then whatever, everyone's cracking jokes, male, female, it doesn't matter. Um, but when you're on stage, if you don't make them laugh in the first ten seconds. They over you. They talk over you. They don't yep. care. Like, you really got to earn that respect and oh, laughter why? from a Latino audience as opposed to just, you know, you go downtown and do a quick little 10-minute bit, you know. Yeah. I don't understand street. why. It's crazy. When yeah. all we need is that support. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny that you guys are saying that because it happens yeah. every single thing. Like, yeah. Right. It's happened to me in my last mm -hmm. freaking years of my career where I'm like, all I need is for you guys to support me so they right. know how valuable I am. You yeah. Know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because the idea that you guys take the chance, you know, and getting the support and know knowing that you're you're a very small percentage of, of what's out there and what we are exposed to. Because even asking you guys, who do you guys look up to as being funny or who was first, they're all male. They're and they're all, all male. Americans, mm -hmm. right? It's not like Oh, I know this this woman that she was super funny, you know, yeah. you know, and there's plenty of Dominican women. So it's interesting to hear that. And for those that are listening, it's important for us to support our people. So whether it's yeah. funny or not, laugh, bitch. Just yeah, laugh. I the, the one thing yeah. I would but say I, um, about yeah. that is just that 
like we do get so we definitely do get support from our community but i would say that it's more prevalent in the people who are second generation you know mm-hmm. dominican or puerto rican or latino in any sense i feel like there's been a couple shows that i've done in washington heights and it's a mixed bag of, of people who are second generation and people who are who just you know either emigrated here or visiting you know so i feel like because a lot of our set is in English, that that's why in certain field, in certain crowds, it could be like a little like okay, but where's the Dominican jokes? I want to hear the chancleta yeah. joke or whatever, you know. Yeah. But it, it is. I feel like you. I am more nervous to do a, a set in the Bronx or in Washington Heights than to do it downtown because I'm like I really have to represent. Right, and one thing that I did notice is like they like to talk over you. When you're doing when you're doing we a like show, we like to talk over us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like when we're when we're on stage and people are watching and they're like, "See, I'll see it," you know. And so I'm always learning. Like instead, I'm like, I go with my mind. Like these are my friends, right? So if my friend is cutting me off, I'm gonna just be like, "See, sí, yo entiendo, pero déjame hablar." Yeah, es que yo exactly. déjame hablar, you know. And so I ended up learning that because we do like talking over each other in on um, regular. Like regular conversation, mm-hmm. like think about all your aunts in the kitchen, or like in the living room. Say, ¿Tú no viste esta muchacha? Hey, you know, and it's like you don't even get a breath in. So I learned that okay, with my community, I have to approach it like you like gotta be sure it's all about approach. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. like the approach of like, mire, coño, yo estoy aquí. Tú no me ves. Yo estoy hablando. It's you when know? you have to turn it on. You have to turn it on. We have to yeah. turn it off. You have to turn it off. Yeah, that's absolutely. How we get, that's how we get by. Um, <laughs> exactly. So how do you? create how do you curate a show like sancocho who how do you decide who joins the show um do on, do you only make it for latino artists like what's walk me through it because i might want one day just to participate yeah okay. the, no, 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 i'll just be taking the notes okay i'll just okay. be directing people on stage not no comedy stand-up no 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 but yeah come through come through yeah well I'll, I'll tell you one thing i think the reason why we went with the name sancocho was because we wanted to include people from all different backgrounds i think initially we we're like let's do something for latinos but it kind of puts us in a box right so we were like how about we do like a sancocho because every culture every every yeah, culture or community across the world basically has a type of sancocho or stew in New Orleans, they call it gumbo. So it's just a mix of so many different types of meat or, you know, in the stew. But that's kind of like a, a metaphor to what we wanted in our show. We wanted it to be a big wow. pot of just everything. And I think, you know, like anything, you should always have an outline and just what it is that you want to say, what do you want to show with this? And then you go into the vibe, right? So our producer, Glory Mora, She's super into that. So she was like, okay, there needs to be an energy. There needs to be a vibe. So obviously there's so many different types of uh, comedians. And depending on our sets, we want the set to be similar to the other ones. Because, you know, there's dry comedians and then there's slapstick comedy and then there's other kind of, there's just a lot of different niches within stand-up. So we kind of just want the energy to keep going. And we always want an even number of male and women, sometimes a little bit more women, because why not? And we just wanted to show that not only can we be up here with the guys or people that have been doing stand-up for 10 plus years, everyone is from a different background. We've had people who are um, Indian descent. We've had people who are Black American, Caribbean Black, you know, Dominican, obviously, but we just wanted it to be super, you know, inclusive and just inclusive as well. Yeah. And even within those stories of these comedians, we get to see the similarity of our upbringing. And it's always about family. It's always about, you know, how how stern they were and how they got yelled at or whatever. You know, just things like that. Because, you know, that's what brings us together. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what brings us together. Pain. So putting our, it, putting our yeah. parents on blast, yeah, putting yeah, them out yeah. there like, oh, yeah, she did yeah, take yeah. a broom. She uh-huh. did take a broom. Un palo y me dio pal de veces. And I deserve <laughs> it. And I've come with terms that I deserve yeah, it. It's made me a better person. <laughs> Hello. Um, so, so being inclusive, I guess, is something that not only we need and we've, we've spoken about, but you guys are doing your due diligence to actually make it part of uh, the Sancocho experience. And for that, I thank you. I wanted to speak about Instagram and how it has been an important tool for both of you to create professional opportunities. How did that particular platform elevate your work and help with your overall exposure. Like, could you have reached this point in your careers without it? Dime, darling. I don't think I could have done it without Instagram. And I, I think even, like, for example, this week, I was like, I need an Instagram break. Because I think that Instagram and social media served as a tool to escape on our day-to-day. But now we indoors because of the quarantine. So this is our day-to-day. <sighs> so, right? Girl, um, you and me. <laughs> I need There's to- nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like everything, you know, everything in moderation. But the start of my career was Instagram. I owe it to Instagram 100%. And I think the the thing that I, I appreciate the most about what I do on the gram is because we started off as quote unquote influencers. I hate that word, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And when you go to these, you know, typical influencers page, you see something that's highly curated. You see something that a lot of Photoshop, a lot of basically what they want the world to know instead of them being themselves. And because I think for Sasha and I, we started it with just our own little personal antidotes and our own way of being. Like I'm I'm famous for, you know, putting, like waking up and doing videos. You know, I can't even tell you how many times I've met people in the street and they're like, oh my God, you're way prettier in person because I've been looking crazy on the ground. Mm -hmm. So, but that, that's me. That's what most women look like when they wake up. It is what it is. From there, it did open up, you know, it opened up a lot of opportunities and a lot of doors. A lot of media companies got their eyes on it. And without just programming our minds to do those little skits and, and rants, um, I don't think I could have even gotten to the level of where I'm at with my stand-up because it taught me a joke format and I put it on, on the media and then it helped me learn a different format for when I'm on stage. Instagram has helped um, in many ways, not only as a tool, but it also, it just allowed exposure that we necessarily wouldn't be able to get or get the mm-hmm. opportunity because we have not in so long in this industry, whether it's comedy, whether it's film, whether it's TV music, whatever it is, I think that it, it is a very essential tool um, mm-hmm. um, and something that has helped us all, right? Um, including myself with, you know, I have to thank not only social media, but the streaming, which is what helped me to get that opportunity. And obviously, playing an image, yeah. you know. so i wanted to take this opportunity since we're in the professional area um i wanted to talk about what's current now in quarantine and one of the things that is current that i've been enjoying is your new show like share dimelo on fuse um (laughs) so i wanted you guys to talk about that i want to know how did that come about tell me yeah, so um, what happened was we were already doing the Sancocho, right? And we already had our, our podcast. And, you know, we always knew that we wanted to do something together. Me and Z, we always, we always felt like, I remember when we first saw Broad City, we were like, that's us, you know, like, that's already us. And it's natural and it's so real. And so 
we were approached by Fuse, and that's how that happened. You know, we're like, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity for us to just create a show with our voice. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the beauty in it, you know? The fact that, you know, it's completely our voices and we get to work with a team of people that are doing everything to, to make that happen. Like Sasha said, we, we wanted to do something together and um, something that we definitely wanted to incorporate in it because I do have a background um, working in digital media with Vice. And a lot of what I do is I interview people and I ask people yes, yes. questions, anything that's relevant, anything that's trending. So I have uh, this franchise called D on the Street and I really do enjoy talking to people and I enjoy talking about just either evergreen topics or something that's trending is something like I'm very opinionated and I have a lot to say. So I'm like, I want to do something where we can talk and just talk about what this is. But I also want to incorporate, you know, like play, you know, put a little homage to like where we started. And that's how we mm-hmm. always start the skits, uh, the the show with the skit. Cause right. I'm like, I want to show our comedic skills in the beginning. And I want to show that it's relevant to what we're talking about. So we got lucky enough that Fuse was like, we don't care what you want to do. We're going to give you complete creative <laughs> control. We just yeah. want to do something with you. So we like, so like it about that. Well, But what is it? Like, where do you shoot it? How, how does, so is this, does this happen in New York or LA? LA. Oh, so you so shoot D it in So D had to LA. fly out. Yeah, D had to fly over here and we shot it. And we got to shoot three episodes before quarantine. We wrapped episode three the day that tom hanks was like i got a coronavirus and we're like, oh, like, oh this oh, is no. serious yeah serious yeah yeah it was nuts but it's 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 been like it's a godsend and you know we we worked it out with fuse that we do what we want like we have so much control over the show that we even picked out the set we went to the prop room like we're very yeah. hands on it yes yeah that was you wrote the sketches especially sasha sasha took most of the, the sketch mm-hmm. yeah like that was all you and, and lee who was one of the producers they created the sketches but it was mostly coming from sasha's brain and uh together we found out what topics we wanted to talk about because one thing we wanted to be adamant about was we don't want to just talk about normal things which we will get there but we don't want to talk about like oh how to get over an ex or this like right it's always about a dude Right. And, it, Get and on we don't always talk one. about dude. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I can exactly. tell you. I can tell you. Like, not everything is that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I wanted to know was, like, because I, I watched all the episodes, and it feels like, you know, you go to your cousin's living room. It's right. like, this is and the living room. that's what we wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> we wanted it to be like our parents moved out. No, they had an apartamento, rent controlled. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Because, you know, one of the things that we notice on, on TV and, and people don't realize that even that is not relatable. It's like, yo, for the Friends for, for the friends show, I didn't understand how they were able to have such a nice apartment, yo. Yeah. Like, all right. the time, these 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 people have nice-ass apartments. I'm like, how y'all got that right. apartment? And y'all don't work. Curly right. mansions for New York City, and she's the waitress. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I love the, the authenticity of it. It's in L.A. and it's reaching to, to so many beyond L.A., right? Even if it's shot yeah. in L.A. And I think it's about the story and the relativity that we all find in it. Now, um, there are 33 countries in Latin America. But in Hollywood, it often feels like we only see stories about a limited handful of Latino cultures. How important is it to you to create a space for Dominican-American stories? Sasha? It's so important. It's so important because we are... There's so many of us in New York City and on the East Coast that it's insane to me that I, when I first moved to LA, that people were shocked that I spoke Spanish. They were shocked. They were like, oh, senorita, are you speaking the Spanish? And it's like, oh, I'm from the Caribbean. And so that to me was something that 
made me realize that I never needed to look to Hollywood to um, see my culture. Like, as soon as I walked out the door, I saw my culture. But it wasn't until Mm -hmm. I got to Hollywood that I realized that my culture is not being represented. And there's millions of us, millions, millions of us out here trying to, you know, make shit happen, you know? So that, that's very important to me. Yeah, I think it's ex- extremely important. You know, when people think of the United States, New York is the first place you think of, right? And Dominicans are the largest demographic of Latinos in New York City. So like Sasha says, you walk in your building, you look to the left, I am a Dominicano, Dominicano, primo. Pero on TV, where are we? Where's our voice? No. We're all over the place. We're in Rhode Island. We're in Florida. We're in Massachusetts. We everywhere. We're in Miami, too. Hasta en Alaska, There's a little Washington Heights in Alaska, for those that don't know. Yeah. I was fast. I was obsessed as a little girl about finding where we were at. Really? So, I, yes, I was really obsessed finding out where are we in the freaking world. So, I would ask, like, are there Dominicans there? That was my first question. Is there Dominicans there? Um, so I think it's important for us to not only see, just to have diversity and to, you know, with respect to everyone, like I grew up watching Mexican novelas, right? And I'm like, yo, how come I never seen a Dominican person in a novela? And the first one I saw, I don't know if you guys remember, was Michelle. That she won protagonista de novela. I don't know yes. if you guys remember. Yeah, I, was, I remember when she won. When she won. She, her her things won to the bodega. Yes, Every yes. store had her picture. Michelle, yes. Come on. Um, a lot of young Latino kids have no idea how to break into this industry. You guys took matters into your own hands. Uh, what advice can you give to other aspiring content creators? For you, D? I think that the most interesting thing about this generation now is that especially the people that are, are like Gen Z, right? They're not just consumers. They're not just consuming media. They're also creating and molding media and entertainment. It's like a completely different vibe than what it used to be even 10 years ago. So really the power is in your hands. If people see that you're out there, you have talent, and more importantly, you are consistent with what you're doing, then you're going to get there. Like my whole mantra is always just do a little bit every day. And, and in today's world, there's such an influx of content that you have to be on top of it and make sure that what you're saying, you know, you are setting yourself apart from other people. You are also still being true to yourself, but you just, like Nike says, you just got to do it. You just have to do it and not worry about clout. Don't worry about how many people are looking at you. If this is something that you really want to do and you're setting forth to do it, do it. Yeah. And then when you get to that, when you finally have the, the, you know, the cojones to do it. And if you finally are like, I've mustered up the courage to go ahead and go for my dreams. And you have to remember that aesthetics are everything. You want good lighting, you want good sound. Those are the very tiny details that I feel like nobody ever talks about. But when you're watching something that's grainy or listening to something that has an echo, it's already put like throwing you off. So if something, even if the joke is not even there in the first 10 seconds, 20 seconds, if it's visually appealing, if it sounds good, you're going to be a little bit more patient and then watch it, you know? So I think with social media, I do kind of get like a little lazy with it because I I mentioned earlier, I'll be waking up and doing my videos. But when it comes to like something that you really want to do, a project, a podcast, a a, um, web series, you got to make sure that you're listening to, like paying attention to those fine details as well. And people will take you seriously. Right. And even if you don't have all those things, voice memo, if you want to start a podcast, I'd always tell somebody voice memo, just use that on your phone. Like, you know, do like, there's little things that you can do to start. If you, even if you don't have no money, just do it, just do it. Interesting. So what do you, what does success look like for both of you? Darlene? 
Success for me looks like just being a better version of myself. Um, I think, you know, in the next 10 years, I would like to see myself still with the same, you know, morals and drive that I have now. I think the main thing that I like about myself is my curiosity and willing to learn. So I just hope that in the next 10 years, I don't lose that. You know, I want to make sure I, I see myself with a family in the next 10 years. And I just want to be a household name by then. And for you, Sasha? In the next 10 years, I see myself, you know, going on tour, you know, doing comedy, comedy music, you know, making movies, making series, balancing a family, and eventually just directing and producing. So I'm wishing you the best and also letting people know that there's no clear cut path to doing what you have to do. You just have to put your mind to it, take action and do it, right? There's no formula. I get asked that all the time. Well, what, how, do I, how do I start act? Honey, I, I can't tell you. Because for me, it didn't happen by me just, you know, signing up an application and getting hired. It was a process. So I think it's something that we can all send our community, our Dominican community, our Latin people out there. There's no formula. There's only determination. An idea, put it to paper, put it to your phone, and do it. Act upon it. Use your resources, use your tools. Don't give up and stay consistent. Um, this was such a great conversation. Um, I got to know you guys even more. I got to be more proud. I hope that the people out there are as proud as I am of both of you and watch out your series. Like, dímelo. ¿Cómo es? Like, like share, share, y dímelo. dímelo. Okay. <laughs> Dominicans have a long history in NYC, but when I tell you we've been here, I really mean it. According to historical records, the first ever immigrant to what is now modern-day Manhattan was a Dominican man named Juan Rodriguez. According to scholars at City University, the sailor-turned-merchant pulled up to New York in 1613 from the island of Hispaniola more than 400 years ago. For those keeping track... That's seven years before the pilgrims landed in America and 12 years before the Dutch officially founded what later became known as New York. Okay. Rodriguez, who was born in Santo Domingo to an African mother and a Portuguese father, is widely believed to be the island's first non-native inhabitant. That means in addition to being the first Dominican in Manhattan, Rodriguez holds the honor of being the first Latino and first settler of African descent. I just got goosebumps. Modern-day New Yorkers residing in El Alto Manhattan, the Heights, may recognize his name all of these years later. Lawmakers renamed a stretch of Broadway spanning nearly 50 blocks, Juan Rodriguez Way, in 2012. He's also depicted in a mural in Harlem River Park. Juan Rodriguez, New York City's Dominican OG. Pa que lo sepas. By the way, uh, I you know, this isn't over. We have a game that we play at the end of every episode. And so um, it's time for some brown love. And it's a love letter to our communities. But we also like to ask all of our guests some of the questions about love and relationships. We have some juicy questions for you both. Um, and it's time. Are you guys down for the brown love? Yes. Yeah. So I'm the down. first one is obviously... Are you single or are you in a relationship? Darlene, you can start. 
I'm in a relationship. Okay. Oh, I don't have... Okay. Well, <laughs> boo thing. What about you, Sasha? I'm in a relationship with myself, but I am dating. I am dating. Yeah. You're dating? Okay. I like that. I don't know why we hesitate all the time as Dominican women. I know. Every time they ask me about that, I'm like... Am I okay. ruining my chances of finding that better other opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I don't want to answer. Privacy. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Privacy, por favor. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us your worst first date story. Go ahead, Sasha. Oh, my God. Okay. I remember going on, a, this is in Atlanta because I lived in Atlanta for like nine months. I remember I was dating this guy there on a first date. It's raining, and he was just like had this w w weird rush. And he looks at me. He was like, "You want to see me do a donut?" And it was raining, and he just—I was—I didn't even say yes or no. He just exhilarated the car, did a turn. We started just spinning, 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 spinning. Stop. Hit, yeah, we we almost hit a tree, but the the dirt like stopped it. And he stood there, and he was just like, "Oh my god." We almost died, and I was stood. I stood there like, yeah, I'm an idiot, and I dated him for another um, six months. But it <laughs> <laughs> was still. Que tú no aprendes. Que tú no aprendo. I know now. I would never do that now. Have you ever dated men with plastic surgery or Botox? Not no. that I'm aware. No. I hope not. No. Yeah, but I think that the men that I'm with, though, if they're older, I would tell them, like, let's go get Botox. Okay. I'm going to tell you the truth. The guy that I date don't have money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yo, I don't know why. Why? Why? There's some women that have the luck that they attract men that are, like, financially, like, well, and they want, like, what do you want? Do you want this? you want that? I see some girls on fucking social media, and they're like, I'm like, damn, you boo getting you that? Then my boo gave me a card. Yeah, I got a card. Out. You know I mean, what I mean? I've gotten fruit out, you know. For real? Yes, to um, Bali. Sasha has been flown out, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Well, to my Australian boo. Señores. Pero, pero señores. You have to say that. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I've gone to Bali. It was She's being very vague. I'm very, very, but it was the most amazing experience ever in my life yeah is he still in your life yes he is so that's what you're dating yes <laughs> oh, yo, little, oh man oh, you have a little yo. pretty little bali australian well, dominican we're never, babies okay, so we're okay this is the thing right we're not dating we're not dating but because of everything that's happening right now especially with my career i feel like that's the main thing that's important for me right now and i can't really give him everything that he wants and he needs in a relationship so i've always told him you know, like, like we already know that I have to that 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 I have to figure this out, and yeah, yeah, like, you all the way in LA. Now I know why you over there because it's closer to Australia. That's why. Nah, that's okay. <laughs> no, but it is it is close to Australia. But <laughs> to me, it's just and he's been so supportive. Like he's one of those people that are very supportive. But right now, we do have a friendship. That's what we have right now. Because to be realistic, I'm a very jealous person. So if I be like we together. Then I'm See, these you. are the things that I'm going to keep. Guys, we're going to wait because I'm going to finish this interview because that's all I, I want to talk about those things. Hold on. Have you ever faked a climax in bed? Of course. And Sasha? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> 
who hasn't? You're like, oh, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think as I get older, I try not to do it because then you're setting a precedent, like that's okay. And then the job is not getting done. But when you're younger, I think that that's very common in a, in a young woman's life. I faked it a lot of times. I'm like, hey, you know, but say, ah, see, see, see. You apparently, Sasha, you go all the way, huh? You be climaxing like a lot because you have nothing to say. No, I do climax a lot. And I don't know (laughs) if it's because of the way my situation is set up down there. You know, maybe I'm just set for the win. You know, I don't know. Because people just be like, yo, I can't, you know, I can't climax. And I'm like, I make sure I do. Like every time, I'm like, yo, we yeah. here. Yeah, well, that's Yo, true. También, that's so. true. That 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 I, I have, have to agree. And that's the thing that I've noticed that women have been very shy about that, and I've never been a person to be shy about it. I was like, hey, you know, we're here for both of us, right? So yeah. if I'm not yeah. if I'm not climaxing, yeah. you ain't climaxing. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, and like, let's talk about that about sex, right? Let's talk about the idea of us not embracing that, right? Like, people get freaked out over tossing salad. Like, do you toss, do you like your to- your salad tossed? Do you toss salad? Um, You know what's crazy? I don't really like it, but I have done it. When you see I salad, done it you mean the back door? I, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. everything, honey. I do yeah. everything. I, I have everything. not done it. Because if you don't do it, otra lo hace. So, mi amor, eso es, oye, 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 as long as they clean, mi amor, tú le haces ta, 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 y tú resuelves rápido, mi amor, eso es no, una cosa natural. Eso es natural. Y más si él está en Australia, si él está en Australia, mi amor, yo también, yo, me, I will split, you know, maybe we get a little too personal, but if I have to split, I'll split, no, and if I have to no, split, I have to do that, I have to split. Yeah, yo, you know, you know I'll be I'm, like, yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it next time, but I've gotten my ass eaten, for sure. I got oh, my, it's the best. My, like, my, my salad has been tossed, and um, yeah. That's when I, I turn into a contortionist. I don't know why I don't like I it when like, they do it to me. You don't like really? it? Why? You gotta relax. Why? I why? don't know. I don't know. I'm like, ¿Qué tú haces atrás? Is it, is, is it a control uh, thing? Do you think it's a control it thing that maybe by mistake you might fart and like, okay. Listen, you have to you have to be down for what I think it's a level of maturity also that we like scared of doing certain things and then right. we get to a point where like, you know, fuck this shit, do it now. Yeah. I mean, Sex I'm is the one place in. where you should let go and just be like comfortable and it's between if it's somebody that you have a, a relationship with that you trust, then anything goes. For real. I'm all about that. Anything goes, honey. Me too. Um, <laughs> well, you better start 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 freaking uh relaxing. Yeah, I will. Relaxing. <laughs> Pero eh, let's talk about celebrities. <laughs> um, what celebrities could get it? Ooh. Let's see. Gordon, I don't even think about it. Bad Bunny uh, me vuelve loca. I mean, For real? I love him. I love Bad Bunny. He drives me nuts. He could get it. He looks like he's a freak. He looks like he, like, you, he would eat your ass and you would have to, like, relax and get it eaten, okay? Yeah, and I'll eat mm-hmm. his ass too, shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you'll be doing... You'll be doing an 88 up in that bitch. I don't know what number that is, but it'll be 88 <laughs> up in that. <laughs> Whatever that is. I'm going to use that now. Um, what about you, Sasha? I mean. Yo, you know what's so crazy? Like, I never think about people that I would want to date or have, you know, sex with. But I remember, like, at one point, I thought Maluma was really cute. And I was like, Diablo. But like, I thought that I guess that I don't. That little so Colombian accent. Yeah. I the know. Colombian. I was mm. really like, yo, boss, see him. 
I'm going to tear him down. Mm. It's a lot. We, we've answered. Yeah, it do. Uh -huh, it uh -huh. do, Dasha. <laughs> <laughs> I've had. I've had. Oh, no, Idris you know. Alba. For me, Idris Alba is very good. Ahí, sí. Él es muy Ay, buen mozo. Ese hombre es muy buen mozo. He's very ese, handsome. Ese hombre. I don't know. I don't have no preference. I don't care either. I like what I like. So, so, so let's get to um, threesomes. Are threesomes your thing? If not, could they be one day if your partner has to have one on vacation and solid partnership? Yeah, I'm into that. I would be very into having a threesome. Okay. Sasha, why are you scratching your head? You too jealous. And that's why I wanted to get to this. All right. This is what I'm going to say, right? It's not that. It's just, okay. I'm, when I, this is going to be crazy. This is going to be crazy. You guys might judge me. And this is I'm not I judging avoiding, you, honey. I was avoiding this because I watch a lot of um, threesomes, but with two women. I mean, with two men. One woman oh, you want to get the P? <laughs> so that's really like, and I don't think that I'm ever going to. So for me, it's such a fantasy because I don't think I've ever dated a guy that's like, yeah, I'm down with, you know, having another dick in the room, you know what I'm saying? So, but I will try to do, like, a threesome with a woman. But I just don't know what I'm going to do there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like, okay. I'm not, like... Okay, like, I know. could tell you guys, I could tell you guys that, um, I've had my share, and my thing was, um, it's what happens after. Okay, well, It's like, I don't that? want you, I want you to be out. I want you to leave. Right, 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 you know right, what I mean? Right, 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 right. And and I can watch, but at the same time, it's it's what happens after that that becomes like the problem. You know, it's mm -hmm. fun and dandy when we're all there. Yeah. But I'm not one like I I am I'm really attracted to penis. I'm not attracted so attracted to vaginas. Right. Um so you can do it, but for me to do it is is not this, you know, I'm just like a penis person. So right. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's people yes. that they love that. I'm like, oh, no, I can't. You know, I can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can do the penis. <laughs> I, can, I can do the salad tossing. But yeah. I can't do that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's what it is. I mean, no judgment here. So, so you guys, the point of all this is you do you. Yes, it's absolutely. brown love. It's brown love. No limits. No judgment. You do what makes you most feel brownish and loved. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's going to be in trouble. I'm like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> we all in trouble in this bitch. Might as well. Um, so our next section is about music. Y'all missed the X-rated stuff. Uh, let's get to music. Um, <laughs> and it's called Canciones con Todo. And basically, it's questions that I'm asking you about music. What are you listening to right now? Darlene? Today I listened to the new Bad Bunny uh, album that he just released, and I've been listening to the Drake album as well. Okay. Um, I've been listening to this artist named Abby Jasmine, and she has like this really dope song called Groovy, and I I'm like, and I'm listening to her, like her, I think her EP, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's okay. I love how eclectic and... you are. You're like, oh, Jasmine, and she's like, oh, Drake uh, and Bad Bunny. I listen to a lot of jazz as well. Like, I'm listening to Scott Hamilton a lot. Like, when I'm home and cleaning, I'll put that, like, it's little background There's music, no wrong and right, baby. It's okay. I just want right. to listen to what's up right now. I want to be down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what song always makes you sad? Sad. Oh, my God. Sia, breathe me. 
Yo, I, Juan Gabriel used to sing with some passion, yo. Yeah, so See, yeah. Dominicans Absolutely. love Juan Gabriel too. What song makes you feel romantic? Um, um, for me, it's Shade. Uh, Is it a crime by Shade? Okay. And for you, um, Sasha? Daniel, is it Daniel Caesar with Kali Ulches? Oh, Get You? Get You. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. Mm, wow. Especially so when what is <laughs> With your Australian boot, with your Aussie. Ooh. So what's your go-to music para limpiar? Para limpiar, a mí me gusta un dembow. Mm-hmm. I like dembow. Oh, yeah? yeah. Wow. O merengue típico, algo así. O Juan Luis Guerra. What? Yeah. So be like, que la calle quiere fuego, 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 fuego. Y después, y después tú le tiras de qué? Tú le tiras, ¿cuál es la que tú le un típico? Eh, un típico de... de, 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 de... Yo, Fefita es Yo, Fefita. 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 Yo, Oh, yeah. Ay, Alejandro Sanz. And he looks good, too. He still looks good. He, he do still? I haven't checked for him since I was 12. No, you know what? Esa canción también, like, I remember me and my mom had a, a time without speaking. And uh, the song of, uh, ¿cómo que se llama? Alejandro Sanz. ¿Quién me va a curar? That's how you still know his Ay, bueno, nosotros estamos cantando off. Done. A song that no matter when, where you hear it, you have to drop everything to sing along. Come on, girl. Is any reggae song, any 90s reggae song? Oh, na, 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 na. Oh, na, 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 na. Beanie Man. Zanzan Romy. And the big sex is the Naomi. Okay, and then, oh my God, guys, this was so fun. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> completes our interview, but before it's completed, we always like to close each episode with a message to our Latino community. And that being said, thank you so much for taking the time to be um, honest, vulnerable, uncomfortable, um, and speaking with me. Uh, I support what you do. Blessings upon blessings. Um, and the sky is limitless. So I'm going to hand over the mic to you guys and please send the message to the, to our community. Thank you. Thank you. Sasha, will you go first? No, you go first. Um, Something that I want to just let the Latino community know is that even though it might seem like we are targeted as minorities or just the friend or the maid or whatever, like we have a voice. We are we are more American than some Americans and we have a place here and just learn how to take up space and do what it is that you want to do. Don't 
don't think that just because you come from a certain background, you can't go ahead and, and, and follow your dreams. You just got to do it. Absolutely. Um, my thing is that I was never taught to reach for the stars. And because it's always about, you know, make enough money to pay rent and buy food. <laughs> like, that was always the thing. It's like, si tú no tienes comida, you know. But I think that just make sure you, you reach for the stars. Even though we were not taught to do so, just pretty much just go for your dreams and whatever you feel like you're great at, you know. Yeah. And one thing that I I just remember, too, just I feel like for a very long time, our ancestors, our parents or grandparents who might have been here before us have always felt that they needed to assimilate to belong. We're in 2020. This is a new generation. We can take up space and be who it is that we want to be. Like We don't have to assimilate. Being who you are and bringing your culture and your background into it is what makes people love you even more. Be yourself. That's right. Yeah, find your gift. Find your gift to the world and really, like, you'll never be broke. You'll never and be And just broke. stay six feet away up in this bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, want, we, want, we want some kind of, of normal life again. Um, oh, yeah, I can't absolutely. wait to see both of you, hug you, celebrate with both of you. Thank you for this. Um, thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank yes, you, thank you. always. Much love to our community, our Dominican community, our Latino community. You already know. Yeah. If you ever want some Sancocho... You yes. know, I could throw down a little bit. Yeah. I could throw down a little bit. Yeah. We'll add some flavors. Um, and you already know. So thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. You. This show was produced by Netflix, Con Todo and Me, Tasha Polanco. This is the last episode for now. But we'll be back with more Con Todo content on this feed soon. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow At Con Todo Netflix on Instagram and Twitter for all things Latin excellence on Netflix. I've been your host, Dasha Polanco. Hasta la próxima, mi gente.